Recorded live. Sunday night Bible study on TalkShoe. Appreciate you guys being there in the chat room as usual. It's a blessing to see you there. Hello, Brother Pete from down under. You just got through logging in, brother. Hope you're doing okay, brother. Um, Tonight, folks, we're going to pick up with Luke chapter 17. Before we even get started, Brother Jason's going to open us in a word of prayer. And Brother Jason, if you would, be sure and remember... Um, Brother Steve and Sister Julie, when you pray, okay? Absolutely. Okay, brother. Go ahead and open us in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come to you tonight in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together over these many miles, Lord, and to bring your brethren all here together. Uh, to study your word, Lord. We lift Brother Don up to you, Lord. We ask that you grant him wisdom as he leads us through the scriptures. Uh, We also pray, Lord, for those that might download this program, that your message would get through to their hearts, Lord, so that they would know your will for them and their lives. And we also thank you, Lord, that Brother Pete could join us tonight. And also pray, Lord, for Brother Steve and Sister Julie, that you would that you would take care of them, Lord, you'd keep them safe, and that you'd bring them back to the program at your will, Lord. And we pray for all these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, folks. Last time we were in Luke chapter 16, we dealt with those topics there, and the Lord wound up that discussion talking about the rich man and Lazarus and Abraham's bosom. And we spent quite a bit of time on that subject and went through the scriptures. And uh, I explained to you how that the, the liars say it's a parable and it is no parable, simply put, period. You can't find a parable anywhere in after it or before it. Well, there is a parable later on in chapter 17, and we'll get to that in a little bit, but there is no, it, it is not a parable. I'm not going to get wound up on that again. But anyway, in chapter 17, the Lord's going to carry over his discourse and turn from the crowd and turn to his disciples. And this this chapter's loaded. The Lord's going to shotgun some stuff, okay? In other words, he's not going to zero in, particularly on one context or one topic. He's going to hit quite a few as we go down through here, all right? So you're going to have to um, pay close attention 
when he switches. He switches subjects, all right? That's where a lot of people get mixed up studying, especially in the Gospels. The Lord will be talking about one thing as he did last chapter when right in the middle of discussion, remember, he brought up about marriage and divorce, about adultery, right out of, right out of nowhere, remember? And I brought to your attention about the people that probably, and I was isogetically putting that in there, reading it into the Scripture, probably one of the guys there that he was talking about. But just out of nowhere, he just yanks that and pulls it into the discussion. Okay? Brother Jason, what I want you to do is just to go ahead and read all of Luke chapter 17. Take your time, read it all, then we'll go back and we'll come back through it again, brother. Okay? Okay. Okay, brother, go right ahead. Verse 1. Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they come. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of the, these little ones. Take heed to yourselves, if thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him, and if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. And the apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, If ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. But which of you, having a servant plowing or feeding cattle will say unto him by and by when he is come from the field go and sit down to meet and will not rather say unto him make ready wherewith wherewith I may sup and gird thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken and afterwards thou shalt eat and drink does he know, excuse me, does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded him? I throw not. So likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back 
and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks as he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, were there not 10 cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto them, unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And when he was demanded, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, Lo here, or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And he said unto the disciples, The days will come when ye shall desire to see one of the days of the Son of Man, and ye shall not see it. And they shall say unto you, See here, or see there, go not after them, nor follow them. For as the lightning that lighteneth out of the one part under heaven shineth unto the other part under heaven, so shall also the Son of Man be in this day. But first must he suffer many things and be rejected of this generation. And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it also, so shall it be also in the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Likewise, also it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they builded. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. And that day, he which shall be upon the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it and whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. I tell you, in that night there shall be two men in one bed, the one shall be taken, and the other shall be left. Two women shall be grinding together, the one shall be taken, and the other left. Two men shall be in the field, the one shall be taken, and the other left. And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? 
And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is, thither will the eagles be gathered together. Amen. Amen. I want Brother Jason to do that because I know there's somebody that's going to tune into this program that that'll be the most scripture that they've heard or dealt with all week long. And that's the reason we did that. Anyway, back to the top, brother. I want you guys to pay close attention. Now remember, the Lord is on his, I mean, going back a few chapters. The Lord has finished his business out in the countrysides, okay? Now he's headed back. He's headed back for the Passion. He's headed back to Jerusalem. And he's stopping along the way, making these discourses. And you've got your, you got three bunch, you got four bunches of folks that he's dealing with. And this is where a lot of people miss the the subject of who he's talking to here in chapter seventeen. So you have to go back to the multitudes. They were following him, remember, in the previous chapters. Remember that these these chapter headings you can just just take a right, you know, push them out of the way because it's continuous. All right, it's continuous flow. A lot of people will do one chapter and they'll get just then then they'll forget about it and then just go to the next and forget the context. It's way back anyway. He's dealing with the multitudes. He's dealing with the Pharisees, both Israelite Pharisees and Edomite Pharisees. He's dealing with the disciples, and he's dealing with the apostles. See, you did know there was a difference between the apostles and disciples, right? Ah, yes. We will see that later on in this book. I think I might have mentioned it before when we were in the Gospel of Matthew, but there is a difference. So, Having said that, like I said, he's on his way to Jerusalem and he stops to make these discourses now. Let's see what he says here in verse 1, Brother David. <clears throat> I mean, Brother Jason. <laughs> Sorry, Brother. Right. Uh, hey, you've been gone so long, Brother. Just be honest. I'm used to David being there, okay? I know he's laughing I, right now. <laughs> I know. I figured you had me read the whole chapter just because you wanted to get me, you know, the wheels grease a little bit, but well, now that you mention it, it's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, verse one. Then said he unto the disciples, "It is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come." Okay, you hear, folks. There's another verse in Matthew that said, "It needs be that offenses come." All right, that's in Matthew. Here he says. It's impossible, but offenses are going to come. You hear me quote this this verse all the time, dealing with the degenerative process of our culture, of our nation, of our people. All right? I mentioned it the other night when we were in the timeline, dealing with the um, time of Jacob's trouble, how the last days started, and then... It went up, our our race go up and down, up and down. But all the time, the overall trend is downward. That's the last days began at the resurrection. Last days are not first days, folks. It's last. It's spelt different, number one. And two, that's what the Lord said. And Brother John said it also, and Paul talks about it also. 
There's ups and downs in that, in that long trend. There's mountaintops and valleys, mountaintops and valleys, which is an overview of your individual life. It's a type of your individual life. That's the way the Christian life works, folks. Nobody's sinless. You have sin dwelling in you, even though the law is written in your heart. And if you and if you're the elect, you've trusted Christ. You're spiritually circumcised. You're sealed to the day of redemption. And if God has sealed you with the Holy Ghost till the day of redemption, you're not going to fight your way out of it because it's God did the sealing. It'd have to be God getting rid of you, and He don't. He says He's keeping you. Okay. Don't ever forget that. It'll get you through a lot of trouble. Get you through a lot of doubt because the old deceiver wants you to doubt. He wants you to doubt whether you're in or not, okay? Just because everybody around you is wicked as hell does not mean you have to be. Just because your people has took a nosedive don't mean you have to be one of them. And what he says here, it's and the offenses are going to come, but don't let it be you. That's what he said. But woe to the man to whom they come. Woe to whom they come, all right? Or I'm, I'm inserting the word the man. I'm individualizing it, okay? And in verse 2, so a lot of people will come here and they'll read the first two verses and try to spin it off some other way. Like, oh, he's talking to the Jews. He's, no. Verse, verse tells you he's talking to his disciples. Later on, he's going to talk to the apostles. See? Keep that in mind. For it is, it is impossible that offenses will come. Colon. But woe unto him through whom they come. Whoever puts these things out, whoever does these offenses and falls into this category, folks, it's bad. He's going to tell you about it here in the second verse. Go ahead and read it, brother. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into a sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Okay, a lot of the exposit, brother, while, while I'm talking right here, I want you to, are you on the computer? Yeah. Okay, do, do you still have the um, Strong's Concordance program that we sent you? Uh, I'll find it while you're doing that. Okay, uh, pull it pull it up beside your Bible. You know how to do that. Two windows, right? Or two, per, yeah. you know, okay, on the same page. And for, to where you can go back back and forth to the other one. I want you to type in those words, these little ones in your Strong's Concordance. I want you to, re- when I get through explaining what I'm fixed to explain, I want you to read to them what Strong's Concordance says about this, okay? Type in the little ones? Yeah. The, the okay. word, those, those three words, these little ones, and when you type that in and hit, and hit search, it'll bring you to Luke chapter 17. That'll be one of the readings, okay? Okay. Okay. Anyway, what I was going to say before I rudely interrupted myself, these little ones, a lot of the, the, your Bible expositors will say, oh, he's talking about little children. Did he, have any, you seen any little children in here? Have you? You remember back in Matthew when he, when he puts the child on his knee and says that you have to, ha- you, you have to have 
faith as one of these little that then it was a child. But he was using the child to explain the concept of faith. All right? He hadn't mentioned no children here. He said he was talking to his disciples. See? Say, well, they may be standing around. Maybe. But in the previous chapter, he talks about children. And he likens those children to us. Children of the kingdom. Okay? These little ones right here can be, it, you can make it almost anything. But you would have to go back into chapter 16 and see where he brought up the children and come on through and see that there's no children present. And then he starts off talking to the disciples to realize that he's using this as a type. He's talking about the world, the Jew, and anybody wicked offending one of us. See? There's something that nobody probably talks about and tells you guys, and I probably haven't dealt with it all that much myself, and maybe I should have. Let me get, let me tell you uh, something that ought to put a smile on your face. Okay? You remember the blessings back in Genesis when we went back there and dealt with the Abrahamic promises, though that unconditional promise to Abraham that God gave to Abraham when he was asleep. See, that's what made it unconditional. Abraham was asleep when he got the promise from God. And he said, I'll bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. Talking about Abraham's seed, talking about Israel. Everybody see the Judeo-Christians, and I used to be one of them. And I used to think this, and I mentioned this before thinks that the more money they dump into the Jew over in Palestine or take care of the, the, the Edomite Jew, that God's going to bless them, see. I'll bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse them. They ain't a Jew nowhere within 35 chapters when that promise is given. That's to you and me. It's to the Israelite nations. You mess with us, you're going to get it in the neck eventually. Individually, you have some of these ratness so claiming to be Christian that ain't, that do all the bad-mouthing, that do all the, the filthiness, all the stuff. They need to check their Bible out all since they claim to be Israel and see what God told Abraham. And see what the Lord's bringing it down here individually. See, I told you all along, this is a national message up front, but it's going to turn individual after Acts chapter 7. I keep telling you that over and over and over again so you can be prepared for it because that's what happens in the rest of the Bible from Acts chapter 7 onward. It turns individual. It turns remnant. It turns elect. Not national. Why? Because our people did not accept the redemption of the blood of Christ, the sacrifice of Christ. They did not accept it. The majority didn't. He came into his own. Are you his own? He came but to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Okay? 
Are you his own? But his own received him not. But as many as did receive him, that's the elect out of the whole, out of the national, as many as did receive him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, and that's the other bunch. Okay? So this little one right here, these little ones are you and I. And the ones that offend, see now, that you got this bunch out there that says it is proud, stuck out, chest bumping, chest pumping, filthy mouth, I'm Israelite. That's pride. Okay? They would just jump on something like this and eat it up. You better not mess with me. God will get you. That's the reason I don't talk about it. You better stay humble. I'm just telling you what's going to happen in the end. The ones that mess with you, the ones that offend you, the ones that offend our people, individuals, they're going to get it in the neck. You don't mess with gods and get away with it. See? I'll bless them that blesseth thee and curse them that curseth thee. That you don't stand a snowball's chance in hell. As a matter of fact, in the book of Revelation, it tells you that I'll cause them that say they are Jews and are not, that are Judeans and are not, to fall down and worship before your feet. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I didn't make it up. Go read it. Okay? I'll bless them that blesseth thee and curse them that curseth thee. Every descendant from Abraham out of his loins forward. And these little ones here, he's talking to his disciples, see? First verse. It's not talking about children. Brother Jason, if you would, read to them what Strong's Concordance says about these little ones. Just read all. I think there's uh, four different definitions. Just read them. Okay. Um, Small, little, least, less, little, little ones. Just tell them. Just just read. You don't have to read every one of them, brother. There's no children there, is there? No. <laughs> None whatsoever. You remember when the Lord when the Lord says, "You little flock, my little flock," talking to his talking to his apostles. Remember when he talks about the narrow road, few that be that go in thereat, but wide is the road that leadeth to destruction. See. If he went on, go ahead and read a few more of them, brother, and let them see what I'm talking about. Um, well, you you don't use the concordance, do you? Well, I haven't used this one online. I have a book concordance that it looks a little bit different. Yeah, that's okay, um, brother. That's okay. No problem whatsoever. Um. I'll do it. I want to read them this so they'll understand because they're going to hear some people that's going to tell them that this is talking about 
children. And it's not talking about children. It's talking about you. That's the reason I went back to Abraham and told you about the Abrahamic blessing of our people. Now, that's something to think about. That's something to smile about. Because every bit, all of these mongrels that they're flooding in over there on Brother Brian and all, of, all over Norway and Sweden and all in Australia, they're pumping them in there. They're trying, they're trying to flood. The Jews are trying to flood our nations and mix our people on purpose. Okay? They're going, to get it, they're going to get it in the neck, folks. They're going to get it in the neck. You can't do God's people that way. Woe, it's impossible offenses are going to come, but woe to him to whom they come. You mess with one of the little ones. Now I'm fixing to pull it up in just a second. As soon as my computer starts working, because I want you to see something what I'm talking about. Mm. That's dead air, and that's the worst thing in the world for radio, and I apologize, folks. Wasn't able to avoid it this time. Okay. Chapter 17, verse 2. Strong's Concordance. Okay. This is 3398 Micros, M-I-K-R-O-S. That's the word. That's the Greek word. Okay. Right. Micros. That's the Greek word. And it's, um, so yeah, and that's exactly the number of it also. And it said, this is what it reads, folks. It, there's about four or five different uh, explanations here. Small, little, okay? Or literally little, all right? Or of size, hence, of stature, of length, of space, of age, less by, by, less by birth, younger, or of time, short, Brief, a little while, how little, of quantity, of number, amount. See what I'm saying? And every one of these is plausible because of the context. There's no children there. And the last place children is mentioned is back in chapter 16, and it's talking about the children of the kingdom, talking about you and I. That's how you come up with a meaning. That's real scriptural interpretation. That's the real use of the Greek, not making it what you want it, okay? I just wanted to give you that little bitty tidbit of how you do that, okay? And you see which one would fit it the the best in the context. That's the way it's done. The last one is of rancor influence. Okay? All right. Enough of that Greek stuff. Back to Luke, brother, chapter um, 17, verse 3. Let's see what the Lord says about the ones that mess with us. Go ahead, brother. Take heed to yourselves. If 
thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repents... Now go back, God, no, you, you went a verse too far. Go back and uh, and read um, what the Lord said about a millstone tied around their neck. Okay. It were better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Now, I could sit here and give you a Greek lesson on offend. Okay? But the English is sufficient. (laughs) What does offend mean, you might say? See, if you want to get down and dirty. Paul mentions the word, uses the word offend in chapter 14 of the book of Romans. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, he uses it again. Talking about offending brethren. It's talking about brethren offending brethren. It's not talking about brethren offending offending brethren back here. Okay? Just keep that in mind. Verse 3, brother. Take heed to yourself. Go ahead. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. If he repent, Forgive him. See there? Do you see the contrast? What Brother Don just showed you. This is not talk. Even though he though he started out with the disciples in verse one, and I brought up that about little ones being us, and he talks about it better that a millstone were tied around his neck and cast into the sea. See what he picks up with in, in verse three to let you know that he's not talking about the disciples and the ones that are his. He tells you. If he trespass against you, rebuke him. And if you repent, forgive him. That's to your brother. See? He uses the word brother. See how you have to read the scriptures close? You know, there. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day on the telephone, and they said, I never would have dreamed if I slowed down and read the scriptures word for word instead of just trying to fly through sentences of how much and slow down that the Lord would show me. That's what this person said. That's what I've been screaming at you guys about for going on three years because it's the words, plural. It's the words, see, that are inspired. It's the words, not the thought, not the message, not the paragraph, not the context. It's the words. That's how the Lord can shotgun from his hip, and you talk about four different subjects in one chapter to a multitude to four different sets of folks. See? Ah, uh, yes. They'll lead you astray, folks. They don't know what they're talking about. Verse 4 again, brother. Go on. Let's pick it up a little bit. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. Okay. Now, that sounds to some of you folks, that's grievous. That, that, that bothers you, doesn't it? Really, truly. I mean, 
if somebody did you wrong, you immediately your face will turn flush, right? Is that what you do? You still fighting that battle of uh, wrath and rage? It said a brother, see? It didn't say the nearest chink. See? It didn't say the nearest reprobate at the bar that despises the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. It said your brother. Don't forget that. Paul says, be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers, folks. If he repents, forgive him. And if he, keep, he does it again, repent, re, forgive him again. How many times has the Lord forgiven you for all the times you've screwed up? I ain't talking about your salvation. I'm talking about your fellowship. How many times have you told the Lord, Lord, I promise I won't do that again. And then less than 24 hours, boop, do it again. You'd rather it be the 70 times 7, <laughs> right? And even more than that, right? Come on, folks. Be honest with yourself. Okay? And these, these, these disciples and the apostles have a rough time with this. It bothers them. Why? They're not regenerate yet. <laughs> They don't even know the Lord's going to rise from the dead yet, even though he's told them over and over and over and over again. Go tell them again in the next chapter. They don't get have a clue. He tells them over and over and over. I brought it to your attention before. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> yeah, son of man's going to die and be crucified and raised again the third day. They just act like he ain't said a word. That's the reason they all went moping back when they, when he was crucified on the cross. That's the reason they didn't believe Mary Magdalene. They didn't because they, they, they didn't believe didn't believe him. They didn't believe him, folks. You understand? And they're having trouble with this forgiveness right here. Go ahead and read verse five, brother. And the apostles said unto the Lord, Increase our faith. You see there. My goodness, how could we do that? Increase our faith, Lord. Go to Ephesians 4, brother, and read the last few verses. Just turn over there to Ephesians chapter 4 and go to the last few verses while I'm talking. See, the apostle, they're having trouble with this. In another place, they tell the Lord, when he starts talking about communion or the Lord's Supper, and he says, this is my flesh, and this is my, you know, and this is my blood. They said, Lord, this is a hard saying. Who can receive it? And a bunch of them disciples left him, never to return. And they turned to his apostles. There you get the disciples and the apostles in the same subject matter, in the same, within two verses of one another. Then he turned to his apostles and said, Will you also leave me? Like the disciples left him, walked away, not to return to follow him at that time. 
Then Peter speaks up and says, Oh, loud mouth Peter, well, where should we go, Lord? You have the words of eternal life. See? That's the difference. That shows you there's the difference in the apostles and the disciples right there. They balk. He's got all kinds of disciples. They're everywhere. Remember him sending out all them to the different cities? Wouldn't just twelve. He had disciples and apostles. Anyway, read those last last three or four verses in Ephesians 4, brother. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use uh, of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Now, this is the Apostle Paul talking to regenerate elect believers in the Ephesian church. And watch him make reference back and give you the full detail, give you the the detail and expound on what the Lord said right here. Go ahead, brother. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be ye kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Bingo! There's a reference point. See? There is no reference point here. The apostles have no reference point of forgiveness. They don't even understand the, the forgiveness of the remission, um, the forgiveness of sin. Yet, they have no clue. There's no regeneration taking place yet. There's no blood atonement yet. They don't have a clue. But Paul gives you the reference, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. He gives you a reference point. If the Lord can do it, you can do it. I'll say it again. If the Lord can forgive you, you can forgive your brother. I don't care how many times he slandered you, filthy mouthed you, cursed you, undercut you. How many times have you did that to the Lord? I didn't say necessarily even with your lips, with your mind. Those wicked imaginations and those things in your heart. See, remember, like I told you last program, when I made reference to, I went and have been making reference and over and over again, and some of you have got it and some hadn't. It went from physical to spiritual. It went from physical, national, in the old and transitioned into the spiritual in the new covenant. It went from tablets of stone to the fleshy tables of the heart. You got it now? You or do you see how it comes together? And you see how much is left out out there? And you're not being told? Be kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. 
See, without Christ, God wouldn't forgive none of us. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sin. And if you're in Christ, every sin you ever thought about, you ever done, is judicially forgiven, or ever will do, is judicially forgiven. And you take the place and and standing as a son of God. Then the fellowship part falls on your shoulders. Because you're given the tools to keep that fellowship between you and the Lord intact. If you apply them, you're given the tools. That comes with regeneration. That comes by the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. And Christ that dwells within you. And you in Him. Because you were baptized by one Spirit into His body. And when God sees Kevin, when he sees Jason, when he sees David, when he sees Brian, when he sees Brother Pete, when he sees Brother William, he don't see y'all or the guests. Since I don't know your names, I can't call you out. He sees Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ is sinless. He is the righteousness of God. That's the righteousness that gets you through. Now, and like I've said many times, getting through and making out okay at, at the judgment seat of Christ is two different stories. Just thank God that you got through because everything's going to be all right in the end anyway, in eternity, for his elect. Thank God for that. That ought to give you more motivation to know his word. It ought to give you more. Too much is given, folks. Much is required. That ought to put a smile on your face and joy in your heart. That ought ought to give you the oomph to want to serve him. That ought to give you the desire to want to love him more and more because you have those precious promises, as Peter calls them. Seeing we have such great and precious promises, he says in chapter 1, we went there the other night. In another place, the Lord says about this forgiveness, if you can't, or Brother John says it in his epistles, how can you expect God to forgive you if you can't forgive your, if, how can you say that you love God whom you have not seen if you can't love your brother whom you have seen? And uh, the, it, it's blatant right there. It, you, you can't. You're a liar. If you say you do, you can't say you love something you haven't seen if you can't love the one that you do see. That's what John said. Next verse, brother. And the Lord said, if ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye might say unto this sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, 
and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. Okay. He's telling them, see, because they're troubled in verse 5. Increase our faith. And the Lord says, hey, guys, all you need is the faith of a grain of mustard seed. And you, and you could tell this, this tree over there to jump up by the roots. Okay? Go to the sea, and it would obey you. Yes, don't we wish we had that kind of faith, folks? Don't we wish? How do you get faith, Brother Don? Don't ask me. I just know what the book says. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. You want more faith? No more book. Simple. You want more faith? No more of the book. That's why that's my hobby horse, quote unquote. That's why it everything revolves around his words. That's why I spit and scream about it all the time. Faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Three different times Paul mentions it. In Hebrews, Galatians, and Romans. And also in Hebrews, it says without faith it's impossible to please him. That's the ninth use of that word impossible. The word impossible is used nine times in the New Testament, in nine times in the Scripture, period, in the King James Bible, nine times. For without faith, Hebrews 11, 1, tells you what faith is. It says, faith is the subject of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And in verse 6, he tells you, without faith, it is impossible to please him. How do you get faith? By the word of God. I'll say it one last time. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. And how do you get it? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. See, that's not my opinion. That's pure scripture. Next verse, brother. But which of you, having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him by and by, which he has come from the, excuse me, when he is wait, wait, from the, wait, wait just a minute. Stop, stop. I'm going to have to, I, I've got to park. i got to park before we go jump into this because we're fixing to go to Romans out of this, out of this verse right here. I gotta park about this faith stuff one more time because there's something telling me that I'm I'm that there's some heads shaking. Either going to be shaking from the downloaders or some now listening about this faith stuff. You don't think you've got any faith. You think you're about the most faithless person in the world. And you might be, but I can assure you of one thing. You don't know the I can I know you don't know this book. Because if you had the words in you, 
your faith would be increased. So whose excuse? Now what's the excuse? See, whose fault is it? Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that believeth that for he that believeth must believe that he is, talking about God, that's in verse 6 of Hebrews 11, and he is a rewarder, rewarder, rewarder of them that diligently seek him. And without faith, you can't even seek him. You don't know how to seek him. How do you get more faith? From the word of God. Much is given, much is required. And and another one more thing, folks. Don't you think for one single second that I don't have the same problems, same temptations affect myself as affect? I don't care what your problems are. I don't care what is your besetting sin. It may not be come in the same order. It might be not. It might not. Might excuse me. Might not be the specific identical, but the nature of it will be the same. It'll be one of three things: the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life. Okay. Whatever you're tempted, whatever your problem, it just keeps kicking you between the legs if you're a man and yanking your hair if you're a woman. It's one of those three. It comes from one of those three sections, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And all that's of the world. Every bit of that, according to John chapter 2, verse 15, 16. First Corinthians ten thirteen, which is an awesome chapter, chapter ten. Says there hath no temptation taken you. Put your name in there. There's no temptation taken William, Pete, Brian, guest three, guest four, whoever's in the chat room, Kevin, David, Jason. There's no temptation plug your name in there. There's no temptation taken you. But such is as common to man. In other words, nothing special. I'm dissecting the verse. By the way, I'm quoting the verse verbatim. Okay? That's 1 Corinthians 10, 13. You can turn there if you want to and read it as I go through it. I'm breaking it down for you individually. This is for your benefit. Okay? This is, that's, this is one of the verses I live by. And you should live by, because it's the answer to some of you folks. I don't know who, but I know that this is needed, or the Spirit of God wouldn't be dumping this in my in my heart and in my head to be talking about this right now. Okay, just let's just all turn over. Just go go to First Corinthians chapter ten, brother Jason. Click over there, then and scroll down to verse thirteen. Okay. 
I'm going to break this down. I'm going to give you the answers to these problems. Now, whether you take it or not, it's only up to you. It's only up to you. I'm just going to give you the answer. And it's not going to be my opinion. It's going to be strictly Scripture, see. My opinion is just like everybody else's. You know, everybody's got an opinion. It's like a rear end. Everybody's got one. Okay? Not too big on that opinion business. Believe me, the Internet's full of opinion. You there, Brother Jason? I'm here. Okay. There no, no, well, that, that's okay. You don't have to read it, brother. I just want you okay. to go there because I want you to okay. look at it too. You see, it, 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 you hadn't ascended yet either, have you, brother? <laughs> none, none, no, none of us have, okay? Including myself. There hath no temptation taken you. And I done mentioned that. Plug in your name. But such is as common to man. I've done talked about that. You understand what you understand so far. There's no temptation taking you. None, no temptation. None. There is not one out there that in, in the in those three categories, lust of flesh, lust of eyes, pride of life, in that sense has not affected you. It's such as is common to man. It's, it's common to any man. Lost, saved, don't make no difference. Israelite, non-Israelite makes no difference. Common to man. But, this chunkhead old conjunction, but, God is faithful. See, he makes no demands on you. He's the one faithful. You say you don't have no faith. No, he's faithful. God is faithful. Who will not suffer you, that means allow you, to be tempted above that ye are able. Oh, I'm going to fall to temptation. I get tempted and I fall. Wait just a minute. We're not through with the answer. We're not through with the verse. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able? Now, here's the, here is the home run. But, just like the but above, but God is faithful, but, will with the temptation also make a way to escape. And here lies the problem with myself and with you. God makes, there is always a choice. God promises he'll make a way. You don't look for the way sometimes, right? Because your flesh is in control of your spirit man. You're so used to getting your way. You're so used to pleasing yourself. You don't look for the way out. God says, the Bible says God's faithful. And he'll make a way for you to escape. I don't know how many times in my own personal life I didn't choose the way of escape. 
neither have you. You're supposed to get better and better in the perfecting process. You're supposed to get better and better. Is it liquor? Is that the problem? Is it dope? Is it women? Is it pornography? Is it that damned world with its flash and glitter? Is it the television? Oh, that's easy one. All I got to do is turn it off. Is it imaginations that come into your mind? Well, if you stay in the book or be playing spiritual music, I said spiritual music. I didn't say honky-tonking or, or rap crap or none of that stuff that puts those sensual, that uses the drum beat, that put that rises your sensual, your sensual um, animalistic nature inside the lust inside of you. I didn't say that. The drum is, you know, African. You do know that, right? No, yeah. Anyway, what is it? You name it. Plug it in. You know what it is. It imaginations. God gives you an out. Is it women? He gives you an out. You can turn and walk away. Yeah, but all those scantily clad women were, oh, I see. Yeah, you're in front of the tube, aren't you, right? You. I thought you claimed that the Jew was behind it. I thought they owned all the media things, and they're the sons of the devil. And you sat there in front of it, huh? Hypocrite. Lust of the flesh. Lust of the eyes. All I got to do is turn a button. See, I wouldn't turn the button. I had to just get rid Get rid of it. That was my step. That's what I had to do. The liquor, don't go around bars. Don't hang around with them that do drink. Sit dope, same thing. Don't associate with those that do it. God makes a way to escape. You just don't look for the door to go through, to get out. Now, see, we're talking about fellowship, folks. We're not talking about salvation. We're talking about fellowship. To keep the rod of God off your back more than he's going to give you anyway, okay? This is for fellowship because sin dwells in you. I don't care how many avenues you take out. You can, from this moment forward, you could obey God and take every take every avenue God gave you out of every temptation and still sin would dwell in your mortal body, see? That's the reason this flesh is no good. That's the reason it has to go to the dirt. That's why the what's saved is not the flesh. It's the inward man that's saved. It's the soul and spirit that's saved. It's not the flesh. The flesh has sin dwelling in it. That's why the greatest Christian that ever lived had the same problems as you and I have in this battle. That's why he said, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? 
Romans chapter 7. And that's why I told you the other night that that's the day. And I've told you ad nauseum, and we'll continue to tell you, unless you understand Romans 7, you'll never understand the new covenant. You'll never understand salvation, New Testament salvation. You'll never, ever, ever understand it. And you'll spin your wheels till you push up daisies. I've seen it over across this North American continent. I've seen it over and over and over and over and over again. You cannot clean this flesh to be sinless. It cannot be done. Like Paul said, when he tried to do good, he found out evil was present with him. Okay? For it was no more him that screwed up, but sin that dwelt in his mortal body. And that's why he said what he said in the last verse. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank my Lord Jesus Christ that with my flesh I serve the law of sin. But with my mind, spirit, thinking, spirit, I serve the law of Christ. Go read it. That's why none of them can explain it to you. That's why none of them out there has no clue what he's talking about. They've never experienced it. You can check that stuff that gives you problems. You can put a check on it. But if you don't keep that sword sharp and it gets dull, they'll come back and haunt you and haunt you and haunt you. You'll overcome some, and there's just some that you will sit and take that sword and take a step forward and hack down, and the next step you take, it'll pop up again, and you've got to swing that sword again and cut it down, and you take another step, <coughs> excuse me, and it'll pop back up. That's what the battle's all about. That's why I have my doubts about these people on Easy Street. It was never supposed to be easy. That's, oh, mm, 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 mm. there is no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man, but God, Almighty God, is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with that temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, he lied or he didn't, take it, like it, or lump it, okay? Do something about it, work on it, listen to what he said. Memorize the verse to where when the temptation comes, that verse pops in your mind. That'll give you a little option to look for the other for the way out. He promises you he'll give you the way out. Back to Luke, brother.
And folks, but, another thing, before Brother Jason picks back up and look, it ain't got, it, it's not just about sin. It's not just about sin that dwells in your body. It, that, that sin, it's about doing what you're supposed to do. You have the tools to do what you're called to do. It's required in each one of us. The first, very first one. The very first thing is faithfulness. That's faithfulness in what we do, faithfulness in our support, faithfulness in our prayer, faithfulness in everything that's laid out that the Lord said and the Apostle Paul said. It's all laid out, see. You don't want to know it because you don't want to be responsible for having to do it. And you've excused and excused and excused and let your and let your brethren do what you're supposed to be doing. You will pay for it in triples, triplicates, duplicates, and quadruplets. Believe me, I know. Been there, done it. Continue, brother, with Luke. But which of you? having a servant plowing or feeding cattle will say unto him by and by when he has come from the field go and sit down to meet and I will not rather say unto him make ready wherewith I may sup and gird thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Okay. That word servant, I've told you, ad nauseum, it's slave. It's slave. What the Lord is telling him, he's talking, remember, remember the first, he's talking to his disciples, okay, and his apostles. Now, both has entered the fray. He said, guys, you don't, your, your slave don't walk in and sit down at the table first. I don't care if he's been out working all day. I'm paraphrasing. That's what he just got through reading, UK. Okay? okay, folks? It don't matter. The Lord's supposed to be paramount in your life and everything concerning him. It ain't about you. It ain't about your likes. Not now. It's not about your pleasures. <coughs> It's about the Lord. Ours come later. Just like His glorification came later. He suffered first. Then He was glorified. You're no different, folks. Not if you're His. Paul expounds on this so eloquently in Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2 I beseech you I beg you therefore brethren by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy acceptable unto God which is your 
reasonable service. Reasonable. Reasonable. The Lord just said, hey, you can be out messing around in the garden. You don't come in and sit down. It's the master's place to sit down first. He's supposed to be first in your life. Not your likes, not your wants, and every. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. What? That ye may prove what is that good and perfect and acceptable will of God. Reasonable service. Read that again back in Luke, uh, brother. Read that again. Watch what the Lord says, folks. Read it again, brother. But which of you, having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him by and by, when he has come from the field, go and sit down to meet? See, and you don't do the, the master don't do that. And the Lord's telling guys, you don't send your slave in to sit down before you do. Oh, he is he the master or not? Is he the Lord of your life or not? That's what he's saying, folks. Continue reading, brother. And will not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup, and gird thyself, and serve me till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. That's right. The servant, the slave is secondary to the master. And some of you act like you're the Lord of all. No, you are a bond slave sold down on the block to serve your master. Just like Paul says, you're bought with a price. The precious, and it's, you were bought with the most precious blood in all of the universe and eternity. You are not your own. You're bought with a price. How can I start doing this tomorrow? Folks, you start one step at a time. You start putting away one thing at a time. You start obeying as a faith. You you apply the faithfulness one principle at a time into what you're supposed to do. You present your body a living sacrifice that it proves and not conform to this world, and it proves to you what the perfect, good, perfect, and acceptable will of God is for you. Fill in the blank, whoever you are, if you're his. The very first duty is faithfulness. You think I'm making it up? Turn to 1 Corinthians 3, Brother Jason, read the first few verses. It's faithfulness. That's the very first requirement in a steward. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual 
but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto ye were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able, but ye are yet carnal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, and ye not carnal, and walk as men. For while one saith, I am of Paul, and another, I am of Apollos, and ye not carnal. That's, that that, that, that's, that's good enough, brother. I want you to read just the first part of that. Now go straight. He's talking to the Corinthians. You believe the Corinthians were Christian? He said they walk as men. Okay? And chapter 4, after he's got through going through this in 3, and he warns them about the judgment seat of Christ. That takes place in verse 15 through 20. Okay? And then go to the next chapter, brother, chapter 4, and read verse 2. Then he comes back and slams them and tells them how to get over this current, one of the things, to get over this, just what I've been teaching you tonight in the same spirit, in the same light of what Paul, the way Paul taught his converts, the way Paul taught these Israelite Christian elect, that's the same way I'm doing you, okay? He warns them. He, he badmouths them at the first of chapter 3. He warns them with the judgment seat of Christ. Then in chapter 4, read verse 2, brother. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. That's a requirement. Requirement. Read verse 1 and 2 together, brother. Let a man so account of us as the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in the stewards that a man be found faithful. Read verse 3. But with me, it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not mine own self. There you go. He's slapping it down on the Corinthian Christians because of their carnality. And that's the reason I call our persuasion Corinthian identicist, okay? And that's giving them a lot of slack. That probably being more than gracious. In other words, it's the benefit of the doubt. Back to Luke, brother. And continue on. Does, does he thank that servant because he did the things that were commanded of him? I trow not. In other words, the Lord said, I don't think so. In other words, what we just got through talking about, slaves don't go in and eat before the master. The master comes first. And he says, do you... Does he think does he think does he think that servant because he went in and sat at the table before the master? I don't think so. I can see the Lord with a grin on his face. I can see him. The Lord's a character, folks. 
He's all God and all man. I can see him with a, with a little catnip grin on his face. I don't think so. <laughs> I trow not. That's what it means, okay? I don't think so. Verse 10. So likewise ye, when ye shall have done all those things which are commanded you, say... Did you think I was making it up? When you've done the stuff that uh, that's serving the Lord, when you are faithful in doing what you're supposed to do... Go on, brother. Say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. Bingo. Bingo. I'm a Christian. I'm Israelite. Yeah, you are, huh? Are you taking those baby steps? I've, it's all been laid out tonight. Everything. Everything. Answers to those questions that come in your mind. If you're on that road and keeping the sword sharp and putting the book in you like you're supposed to do, then glory to God. Hallelujah. Good fellowship with the Lord. Hearing your prayers. Answering your prayers. If it's according to His will, He answers them. Then you're on the end of perfecting process and you're, you're, being, you're a lump of coal being made into a diamond as it talks about in the book of Malachi. You're the jewels. The pressure, you know. You have to pressure a, a lump of coal to make a diamond out of it. It takes huge pressure. Okay? At least that's what they say. I don't know if it's true, but that sounds good anyway. Think about it. It would that you stay humble. After you've done everything, stay something. We're unprofitable servants, just like Paul said. I'm the cheapest of sinners. And I'll tell you, I'm the cheapest of sinners. That's, uh, hey, I'm the, Don, brother Don Spear, I'm the cheapest of sinners, okay? That's the way I look at myself. If you hadn't got to that point yet, you are in a world of hurt. You hadn't even got to first base. Matter of fact, you done struck out. You're not even in the ball game. You're a spectator. Now he's going to switch gears. Verse 11. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Ten and lepers. Ten lepers. Ten of them. Go ahead, brother. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face 
at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, where there were, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Good question. He cleansed all them Israelites, didn't he? With one Samaritan in the bunch, a stranger. It even hits you with two. Not only does they're not Israelite, one of them's a stranger, and he's a Samaritan. He's a half-breed. Mm-hmm. But turn back to give glory to God. You can look at it many different ways, folks, okay? Many, many different ways. You could say that the others were just obeying what he told them to do, if it wasn't for some other places in the Gospels that that gives this account as well. (laughs) Yeah. What's that say for our bunch? Hmm? What does that say for our bunch? When When you've got a thorough bread blue gum that can quote more scripture than you. Huh? What does that say for you? Huh? What does that say for you? What is what does it say for you when you got a wet back or a spick or a chink or a raghead that can quote more scripture than you from your Bible? What does that say? Well, we don't we're not supposed to we don't have to Yeah, say 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 that's your problem right there. Bingo. You look for every excuse to get yourself out of any kind of disciplined action at all. And folks, on a little bit easier note, our culture, this generation, has one of the sorriest, most undisciplined, most self-loving, most self-aggrandizing, proud, self-indulgent generations that has ever, that I'm sure they have sometime in the past because there's nothing new under the sun, but as far back as you know of, okay? Our people can not handle prosperity as a whole. Period. And there's 6,000 years to prove it. 6,000 years of history to prove it. Continue on, brother. Jason. They are not found that return to give glory to God, save the stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. So a Samaritan stranger can have faith. Hmm. Yep, sure can. Go ahead, brother. Verse 20. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. 
And all those people, this is, you know, I, I, oh my goodness. You talk the Presbyterians, all these post-millennial, that means the folks that's trying to bring in the kingdom. They can't stand this verse. They can't stand when the Lord talks about this. In another place, he tells you the kingdom of God, Paul says, is meat, is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. The kingdoms are not the same. The kingdom of heaven is a literal, physical, visible kingdom here on this earth with a ruler sitting on a throne and ruling. That is the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God is a righteous, spiritual kingdom with righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And you cannot see it. Period. Now, folks, if they'll if they'll get that part wrong, what else do they have wrong? Hmm. If they can't even get the diff, if they can't even know how to rightly divide the word of God well enough to get the difference in the kingdoms then what else have they got wrong? See, a little leaveneth, leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Better check it out. You better, you better pay attention to me for your own spiritual welfare. Continue, brother. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. Bingo! <laughs> Bingo. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's where the kingdom of God is. And you think, do you really think that the apostles, who, you know, the he's going on into Jerusalem and the Pharisees show up and he tells them this, apostles and disciples sitting right there. Do you really think that they're listening to what's going on? You think that they spiritually understand this, do you really? Do you, do you really th- turn to Acts chapter 1, brother, while I'm talking? And go down to verse 8. Or start reading in verse 6. And then go down to ver- and read down to verse 9 in just a minute. You can turn there while I'm talking. You really think it? Everything Brother Don's been telling you about how the Lord's telling them this stuff in front of their face. And they're not get- they don't understand none of it. Okay? They don't give. They, can la- they latch on every now and then to a little bit of the natural stuff, see, that you can touch with their hand. Taste, feel, see. You know, they can latch on to that. But this spiritual stuff, they don't have a clue. Why? Because they don't have the Spirit. The Spirit of God's not dwelling in them yet. There's no regeneration yet. There's been no cleansing power of the blood yet. There's been no baptism into one body yet. He can tell them this till they're blue in the face. They ain't going to get it. How do you know they don't get it? Am I just making this up? Read, read, read chapter 1, verses 6 through 9, brother. <clears throat> when they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? <laughs> Did you folks think I was making this up? 
They don't have a clue. They're still looking for the reigning king on the throne. They're looking for national, and it is, and, and, and the Lord doesn't say, doesn't rebuke them. He just calmly tells them, continue reading, brother. And he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Bingo. You couldn't miss this. I'm teaching you guys with a flashlight. You couldn't miss it. Now, if you knew the book. Not if you spent time in the book. You wouldn't miss it. If you just simply typed in your concordance, kingdom of God, and then pulled up another concordance in a different window and typed in kingdom of heaven, and went and studied the context of both, you wouldn't miss it with a flashlight if the Spirit of God dwells in, you see. And you can cast aside the falseness that's been dumped into you by the nerdy whales out there, okay? And believe what the book says. And the reason he didn't fluff them off and told them it was in the Father's hands is because the national kingdom is still possible until Acts chapter 7. It's so still possible that when Stephen's preaching, the Lord even stands up in glory, ready to come back if our people will accept him. He's standing up, ready to come back. And from that moment forward, when our people totally reject him and kill a stone Stephen's brains out, Every time else in the Word of God, he's talked about his setting. I said sitting, S-I-T-T-I-N-G, at the right hand of God. He calls out the Apostle Paul in the next few chapters. Salvation turns individual and not national because it's been rejected. Hence, John, he came into his own and his own received him not. I'll quote it to you till I make you memorize it. then it becomes individual. It becomes national later, Romans chapter 11. And the deliverer shall come out of Zion. Hence, all Israel shall be saved. We'll go ahead and stop here for tonight. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time, Lord. I pray... Father, for your spirit to take the words that's been said tonight, these scriptures that's been read, burn them in the hearts of your people, Father. Please burn it in their hearts. Give them understanding. You said that the Holy Spirit would lead and guide us into all truth, Father. I pray that the Spirit lead and guide them into this understanding of pure, pure biblical doctrine, Father, by their belief and trust in your words. Give them a filling of the Holy Spirit, Father. Be with them this week. Be with them tonight, Father. 
Enlighten their minds to your word. Move in close. Comfort them. That's one of the jobs of the Spirit, Father, is a comforter. Father, you've got to do it. Because if you don't do it, it won't get done. If it's not 100% you, it won't get done. Light that candle. Light that burning, that desire down in the hearts of the hearers. Let the Spirit come like flames of fire like it did in Acts chapter 2. And light those flames of love for your Son, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In the hearts of everyone under the sound of my voice, both chat room and downloaders. Light that desire of love for your Son. Because our Lord said, if you love me, you'll keep my words. And I ask all these things in the name of the name that is above every name, which is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Any questions in the chat room? No, sir. There's no questions in the chat room. Lord willing and health permitting, we will meet back tomorrow night, and we will pick up with Job chapter 27. Brother Jason. John Spears Ministries, 3155 Louisville Street, D1, File, Alabama, 36017, Telephone 334-397-2333, Email joydon1953 at yahoo.com. Thank you, brother. Good job. Appreciate it, brother Jason. Thank you, brother. Amen, brother. It's a blessing to have you back, brother. Appreciate it very much. Good job, brother Kevin. You guys in the chat room, love each and every one of you. God bless you. Keep me in your prayers as I pray for you guys. Lord willing, Lord willing, help willing. We'll see you guys tomorrow night.
Amen.